Welcome. You are listening to Mountain View Scattered. This is an audio companion to our weekly church gatherings. It is a way to stay connected while you are away and to learn more about our community, how we can best reach and serve it. I'm your host, Wade. Isn't it great, though, that the kids can kind of hang out and they can decide, ah, I don't really want to go do that. Adults, you're locked in now. Adults, no one's going anywhere, okay? No one's going anywhere. Um, So yeah, last week we started a new series, and that is a letter to hand-picked outsiders, right? And we took great pains to go through just what it meant uh, when we're saying here that we're hand-picked. Okay? That God has set us aside for something. And whether it's because we were outsiders before or we're outsiders because we have handpicked, been handpicked, we'll examine that more as we go along. But we're outsiders now, too. That means that we're not like people around us. For better or for worse in their eyes, for better in God's eyes. Um But before we dive too deep into tonight's verses, there's two questions that you might be asking, and if you're not asking, you can have a two-minute nap, okay? No, no, don't don't nap. You could nap, but I don't want you to right now. Um, And the first question is, someone asked me this question this week. Um, They asked me what was happening at church, and I told them, and they said, wow, you're going through a book like that. Okay, now for some of you, this might be totally normal that we're preaching through, word by word and verse by verse, a book of the Bible, okay? Uh, But the question that was asked of me is, how is the Holy Spirit supposed to move in that? Okay, that's a good question, I think. But here's what I'm going to say to that right now, and this is what I said this week too, okay? For each and every one of us that know Jesus as our Savior, that believe in him, right? Not believed, although that is true too, but continue to believe in him. And we're going to look at what that means tonight specifically. We have the Holy Spirit. Not only that, but we are reading the only book, that is the entire Bible, it's a library, written by God, okay? Literally written by the Holy Spirit through the hearts, heads, and hands of human authors. Specifically for us tonight, a man named Peter. All right, so if we have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is the one that wrote this library in front of us right now, uh, I would say he's already done quite a bit of moving and we expect him to continue moving. How? Through the reading of this word right here through the study of this word, right? If we're looking at ourselves and we're looking at this book and we don't see the Holy Spirit moving, we need to ask some very serious questions of ourselves, okay? And I'm saying that to myself as well. And then the other question that you might be asking is, Wade, what is this, uh, what is this hand pit? Uh, We're reading in the word here, we're reading the word elect, we're reading the word chosen. What does this mean? Like, okay, I heard what you said last week, but if everyone's chosen, 
or if there are certain people that are chosen, then why do we even need to do any work, right? Like, why don't I just go home and I'll turn on the TV and that's all I need to do because I'm saved, I'm chosen, right? I'm sitting in the chair right now. Okay, and I want to give you four, four reasons why uh, that is crazy talk, okay? Four reasons why that's crazy talk. And the first reason why it's crazy talk that we wouldn't go and share our faith, and specifically one thing that I said last week, is that we need to go and share the good news, the gospel of Jesus, right? His uh, birth, life, death, resurrection, and coming again to everyone and we need to find those people that have been handpicked by God. That might sound like crazy talk, except for, I'm going to give you four things right now, okay? Four reasons why that's not crazy talk. And the first of which is that God requires it of us, that we go and we share the good news. Um, we are required, even by Jesus' words, right? Um, to go to all nations, as we go, everywhere, to share the good news, baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's required of us as those that have been handpicked and set aside by God to go and share that good news with everyone. Um, and we should be honored by that, okay? As we're going to see tonight, uh, God is doing the work on our behalf, okay? Uh, but I love this illustration. When I was a little kid, and this isn't original to me, although the story is original to me, I guess. When I was a little kid, when I was three years old, I started going to my dad's gearbox shop, okay? Um, and I spent every day out there. And every day, my dad gave me a job to do. Um, I would uh, change oil, and I would do all sorts of things. Um, and I thought that I was being really helpful, Okay? Most of the time, though, it took me about 10 times longer than anyone else to do that job, okay? Was I really being helpful? No. My dad was being generous to me, though, by letting me be involved in the process, okay? Um, so, what, do, what am I saying? Look, we have the great honor of going and sharing the good news. It's not just required of us. We literally get to go to work with our Father every day. Right? And we're going to dig into a little bit about what that means for us. Um, also, uh, it's required of us in Scripture to have a heart for those that don't know Jesus. And the Holy Spirit will develop that heart in you. You just have to ask Him for it. And then lastly, and here's the best news of it, and we're going to see that more and more in the verses that we're going to study tonight, uh, is much like the illustration with going to work with our dads, um, I know... That whatever car was broken, I wasn't going to be the one finishing the job. My dad was going to do that. Because um, it would take me 18 years to finish it when I was four years old, right? Okay. Um, we get to go to work with our father, but he's going to do the work. He has promised to do the work. Where do we see that? Well, last week, we saw it here in 1 Peter um, who is holding for us our salvation, right? Who's keeping it safe? Is it you and me? No. God is doing that for us. In the same way, we are simply asked to go out and to be faithful sharing the good news. And God promises to complete the work. All right? 
All right, so those are two big questions, and I went deep fast, but we're going to pull back out and we're going to get into the text, okay? All right. All right. So last week, too, here's what we said. Um, we have a purpose in reading First Peter. And our big purpose for reading the entire book is this. We as readers and the readers, the original readers, should be growing in faith and in faithfulness all the time, but especially when they, when we, are suffering. Right. And then here's some themes that we're going to cover every single week. Suffering, hope, holiness, and finally, as we talked about last week, Peter does the one thing that we all hope anyone will do so well, and that is that he always takes the discussion back to Jesus, all right? He always takes it back to Jesus, uh, which is special for a couple of reasons, but one is he was one of Jesus's best friends, right? Uh, this man actually knew Jesus, uh, Slept in the desert with Jesus, ate food with Jesus, was served food by Jesus. And we went through a lot of other exploits of Peter last week that we don't need to get into right now. But this week, here's what we want our big idea to be this week, okay? Four verses, I guess. I need to learn to count. Four verses that we're going to go through tonight. And here's our big idea. We should take comfort in being handpicked. Why? Because we're going to need it. We're going to need that comfort. We're going to need the comfort of knowing that we have been set aside, that we've been chosen, that we've been hand-picked. All right? All right, so let's dig in. Starting in verse 6. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Okay, slow down now. In this, you, hold on, what is this? What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Everything that we talked about last week, okay? So what, are, what is this that we are rejoicing in? We are rejoicing in the fact that God the Father knew us before we knew Him. Uh, we're rejoicing in the fact that the Holy Spirit is in us and making us more like Jesus and we're rejoicing in the fact that we are um, being more and more made into the image of Jesus, Jesus for obedience to Christ, okay? And then along with all of that is the fact that all of that that we have, that comfort, that safety that we have, can't be taken away. It can't fade. Um, and Peter prays that this comfort that we have from all of this will just keep coming to us. It'll just keep coming to us, um, May grace and peace be multiplied to us. May it never stop coming. All right. So, in this, in all of that, we are to rejoice. But this word here, rejoice, doesn't just mean simply that we're supposed to come to church on Sunday and we're supposed to, uh, you know, praise for an hour, hour and a half, depends on how long the guy up front decides to preach. Um, no. This, this rejoice here is something that's happening right now, and the expectation, what Peter is saying he, he thinks is going to happen, he has knowledge because God is good is going to happen, is that we're going to keep on rejoicing. All right, so Peter says, 
in this and all of that, in your salvation, keep on rejoicing. Do what you're doing and keep on doing it, okay? Keep on rejoicing. Why? Because for a little while, if it's necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. Now, some of your translations might be saying something to the effect of, if for a little while you're suffering. And that's not bad because that's true, right? When we have heaviness in our heart, when we have sadness in our heart, when we are grieved, we do suffer, right? Um, but what's happening to the churches here in Asia Minor, uh, the churches that Peter is writing to, they're not being killed for their faith right now, as far as we know. Um, they are not in mass being taken out and hung on crosses like Jesus. Um, what is happening to them? Well, we saw that in verse 1. They are exiles. They are outsiders in their own culture. Um, they are doing things that to their people don't make any sense. They're worshiping a God that to their people is not helpful. Like if he were like all the other gods, he would be blessing you with things that you would have money and you would have wealth and you would have whatever. All right, so everyone else in their culture, their people groups are looking at them and saying, some God that is. Look at that. Look at them. They're eating different foods, some of them. They're not going to the different altars and sacrificing who are these people they're not taking for themselves and stealing money from people as they need it who are these people okay so this is the kind of grief that they are having right now they're outsiders and they get treated as such also uh, when we see there, if necessary, what, what does that mean? Um, what does it mean that if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials? Okay, that, that sounds like it's something outside of our control. We don't have control over whether these trials, this being an outsider, is brought on by us. It sounds like it's being brought on by someone else. Who could that someone else be? Uh, of course, most places, nowadays we would say, oh, it's the culture, right? Uh, yeah, the culture's being really hard on us, and we as Christians are not treated the way that we should be. No, you're treated the way that you should be if you're acting like that, okay? <laughs> if you, if, okay, I, I'm going to stop there for a second before I start calling people out. I'm not going to get anyone in trouble or myself, but it sounds like, first of all here, with the if necessary, not everyone is grieved or suffering. That doesn't seem fair. What's going on with that? We're going to see. Um, <clears throat> verse 7 now. So that the tested genuineness of your faith. Okay, now you've probably heard this before, right? I mean... Honestly, if any of us are going to be saved, we got to work hard for it, and um, we we got to go through trials and temptations, and we have got to overcome it. No. 
All right? Let's look at this for just one second, because as we're going, we're going to see that it's not us that have to overcome it. All right? Uh, the tested genuineness of our faith isn't to see whether God will see if our faith is genuine. That's for you and me to see if our faith is genuine. Uh, more literally, to say like this, um, we have been saved. We have been handpicked. We have been set aside. All right? Uh, our salvation is real. God wants to make it known to you that your salvation is real. Why? Let's keep going. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire. Okay, now let's slow down for a second. I said I wouldn't bring up his name for the second week in a row. But Paul, the Apostle Paul, Right? Peter knows him. They're both writers in the New Testament, both apostles or messengers of Jesus to the world. Paul would have explained this whole process to us. He would have said, listen up, people. Gold, in order for it to be pure, has to be put into a fire. And, but Peter doesn't do that. He just assumes that you know what's happening here. So let's make sure that we know what's happening here. Gold, for it to be pure has to go through fire. What happens when it goes through fire? All the impurities come out. Dirt, dust, things that went into the gold while it was still in the ground. Okay? Uh, when I got married, I found the cheapest possible ring that I could find. It was five carat gold. Jewelry stores don't even sell five carat gold, okay? Uh, it was the cheapest ring I had ever seen, and I got it off the internet, and I got it really fast, too. It was amazing, all right? Uh, this ring is not very pure. Uh, after about six months, it started showing its age, okay? Um, the tested genuineness of this ring, well, it's exactly what I thought it was. It's five-carat gold that's still full of dirt and impurities, okay? All right, so that's what Peter's saying, though. Your faith is like this gold. And you know what God's doing to you right now? He already knows that you're saved. He knows that you're kept safe. How does he know that? He's the one keeping you safe. So what's this trial? Why am I being grieved? Why am I suffering? It's so all these things that we hold on to in our lives, that we put before Jesus, that get in the way of us and Jesus, will get boiled out. It's going to get burnt out. It's going to disappear. Whatever that thing is for you. Um, a couple of illustrations for that. Uh, another illustration that this past week, I don't know why, man, here I am, I'm just going to unload all my problems to you right now, okay? No, this last week was a tough week, I don't know why. Uh, maybe it was this sermon coming up, it could have been, but here's the deal, Tara and I, I, I got permission from her to share this, uh, we had a bunch of junk in our lives that we just had to take care of this week. Little things, little offenses ways that she's offended me, ways that I've offended her. Um, 
that we had to get rid of. But we didn't want to. Why? Okay, I'll tell you why. Because when I have to go to my wife and she has to come to me and say, Wade, um, you have not been treating me right. Or, hey, Wade, you know the way that you spoke to me earlier today? That was not good. That's not an easy thing to say to anyone, let alone the person that you love most in the whole world, right? I mean, Tara knows when she says that stuff to me, it crushes me because I don't even know that I'm doing it. I just do it. Um, So here we go. We had like two weeks of junk that just had to come out, Uh, be it stuff in ministry, stuff in life, stuff with the kids. It all had to come out. And it had to get burnt off. And do you know what it took? Um, it took about six hours of conversation. Um, at many times where I know Tara just wanted to get up and leave, and I just wanted to get up and leave. Why? Because it was painful. I didn't want to have that conversation, let alone for six hours. Okay? Don't worry, it was split into two, three-hour increments. Okay? But look... We were being tested right then. Kind of. Look, for a Christian, marriage is very important. Did I think that if I said the wrong words to express myself to Tara that she was going to get up and walk out of the house and never come back? No. Why? Because she married herself to me. I married myself to her just as Christ has his church. There's no walking out on that. So we knew the outcome. The outcome was that everything was going to be fine after six hours. But those six hours were really hard. And that's exactly what's going on here with these churches. There's hard stuff that they are faced with because they are acting differently than everyone else around them. But they have to keep acting differently. They can't just give up. Okay. So, that the tested genuineness of your faith, and we already read the more precious than gold, we're going to skip that for just a second, so that the tested genuineness of your faith may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay. Here's a question for you now. Whose praise and glory and honor is it? Well, it's at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Therefore, it must be the praise and glory and honor that we give to Jesus. But not so fast. Okay, let's cheat for a second. Let's go up to 1 Peter chapter 5. If you can, if not, that's fine. I'll read it out loud. Chapter 5, verse 4. And when the chief shepherd, who's this chief shepherd? That's Jesus. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. All right, we're not going to get into a whole discussion of crowns right now, but simply to say this praise, this glory, and this honor, uh, (laughs) this is actually something that is being given to us right here. I said I wouldn't talk about it, but... All those crowns, all that praise, that glory, that honor, uh, we're going to give it back to Jesus. That's true. 
But right here in this verse, the tested genuineness of our faith, Jesus, uh, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are going to celebrate our faith with us. The fact that we stayed faithful, that we kept faith, they are going to be celebrating with us. Going on to verse 8 here. Though you have not seen him, you love him. That's powerful. That would be powerful if it was coming from anyone. Okay? If you had someone in your life that discipled you when you were younger, that led you to the Lord, um, and they said that to you, though you haven't seen Jesus, you believe in him. And I'm happy for you. That would be good. But here's the amazing thing. This is coming from a guy that had seen Jesus. And not only had he seen Jesus when he was alive and he was ministering and he was doing miracles, but let's turn over to John. If you have your Bible with you, we can go to John. Chapter 20, starting verse 19. And here's the scene. Jesus has been raised back from the dead by God the Father. Okay, here's the scene. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked uh, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. So let's go back in time a little bit, right? The disciples who, for the most part, turned away from Jesus while he was suffering, uh, they're scared now. Because everyone knows just who they are. And everyone knows that they were with Jesus and Jesus died. And all these claims that Jesus made and all these claims that his disciples made, what's up? They're hiding in a house with the doors locked. When this happens, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Now John's already told us about uh, a prayer in which Jesus prayed for each and every one of us. Much of the same thing that Peter is teaching us through this letter. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Okay. We don't have time to go into that except for simply to say this. Uh, Jesus showed, him, showed them, and Peter specifically, his body. He showed them a hole in his side, a wound in his side, holes in his hand hands and in his feet, he breathed on them. This is the risen Christ with a real body standing next to them, all right? Um, so Peter believes. Peter believes in Jesus. One of the reasons why Peter believes in Jesus is because he saw him after he had died as a real physical body. Jesus himself, in the flesh, as it were. But Peter says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him, 
and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Now, we could call this a salvation joy. We are filled with a joy that is unlike any other joy. Okay? Or we should be filled with joy that is unlike any other joy. All right, slow down for a second here. Because it seems like um, we're supposed to just suffer through these trials and this grief. And not only that, but we're supposed to have joy. Here's one thing that I think Peter is teaching us. That in the Christian life, I don't know if it's equal parts, if it's 60 to 40%, if it's 30 to 70%, but our lives should be made up of both grief and joy. Okay? Uh, that should be what defines our lives, especially to the outside world, as we're seeing these churches and these believers. Okay. Uh, and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Now, just a reminder, because we've been teaching the kids this and kids' church at 3 o'clock, what is glory? Um, when we're talking about God, glory is his goodness and his greatness, okay? Um, and so this joy is inexpressible, which is kind of a useless word if you think about it. It's like saying to someone, I don't have the words, okay? Which is what I say to Tara all the time, especially after I've been at home with the kids for too long. She asks me a question and I just say, I don't even have the words, okay? <laughs> I have no words left to use. Um, and Peter's saying that our joy should be like that, that we don't even have the words left to use to express how important this joy is to us. That not only we are saved, but our salvation is kept safe by God himself. Okay. Which, this is a beautiful thing about singing. This is a beautiful thing about reading God's word. When we don't have the words, there are words out there that we can use. Okay. Um, when we don't have the words to express to Jesus how thankful we are, Either of those two songs that we sang today work. Any song that's raising Jesus up works. If you don't have the words, that's okay. Open up your Bible and read it and give those words back to God. Our joy is inexpressible, or at least it should be, and that's okay. But we got to try our hardest to express it, all right? <laughs> All right. You believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. All right. So what's going on here? There is a goal, first of all. There is a goal to our faith or else we wouldn't be trying to obtain something. What is the goal? What is the outcome that we should be looking for through our faith? That is the salvation of our souls. Okay, now here's a, here's a question for you, okay? What is faith? I, could, I know you could give me a definition. You could open up your Bible and give me a definition about what faith is. Uh, but let's break it down a little bit more than that real quick. 
okay? Uh, earlier, we used the word believing in Jesus, right? We, we use this word, um, and we want to have believed, we want to currently believe, and we want to keep on believing in Jesus. What does this mean? Uh, that all of our hope, okay, uh, all, anything that we are desiring for our futures is in Jesus. And this is exactly what Peter's getting at through most of this letter, right? In these first nine verses especially, he's taking us to the future because in the next verses, and starting verse 12 specifically, we're going to be looking at the present. And then we're going to be going to the past and looking at Israel's history and what it means for us. Okay? So, what is this faith? This is what, it, what we're relying on. Um, we need to be relying on Jesus. When we need something to lean on, what is it that we should be leaning on? Jesus. Okay? And so, let's break it down just a little bit more. Um, does it then matter how much faith you have? No. Our faith is not based upon how much faith we have, right? Our faith is based upon the object of our faith. Right? So who are, who are we leaning on? Who are we relying on? The object of our faith, and that is Jesus. The person that we are putting faith in, and that is Jesus. Okay. Um, I probably have another half an hour of material that I would love to share for tonight. I'm not going to. Hey, so if any of you know someone that goes to church at Live the Life, I didn't know this, okay? Uh, Pastor Mike and I over at Live the Life, we did not plan this, but they're also going through 1 Peter right now. All right, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to show people that you know more about 1 Peter than they do. No, okay, you don't have to do that. You can. Uh, but Pastor Mike takes a long time to go through books of the Bible, and I would say that we're going at a steady pace, but in the next couple of weeks, we're going to surpass them, and you can really rub that in people's faces, okay? Uh, that we're beating you in this race of studying the Word. <laughs> you don't have to do that. Okay. So, a couple things that we need to take away from tonight. Um, our lives should be full of joy uh, and of grief. Um, our faith is not how much faith we have, but the object of our faith. Okay? Who and what are we relying on? We're relying on Jesus and his work that he did on the cross. And as Peter says, even more precious than gold is that faith to you and to I. Why? Because it's evidence, it's proof to you and to me that God the Father is keeping us safe. Uh, it's evidence to you and to me um, that, like Peter says in verse 4 there, that what we have is being kept for us in heaven. We're not the ones that have to keep it. It's being kept for us. Um, one thing that we did not get to do this week is to dig into what it actually means to be outsiders. Um, what it actually means to be living our lives differently. Um, and so, in the last couple of minutes here, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot, and I'm going to do that, okay? Uh, 
Here's one way that it could be that we are called to be outsiders. Um, and it's something that if you hear any international news, uh, lots of crazy things going on in my country right now that I love keeping up on and praying for specifically. Um, but as here in South Africa, one of the big issues that America is facing right now is the issue of race or ethnicity. Um, and things in America are weird. It's a weird place. It really is. Uh, whereas here in South Africa, those issues of race and ethnicity are always right in front of us. Uh, and yet, we often don't do anything with that. Right? So now, we've studied in the past through uh, Galatians, through Romans. We've looked at it just barely last week and the fact that this letter is being written to Gentiles who are being welcomed into God's family, even though that family originally only consisted of Jews. And we've traced throughout the Old Testament the intention of God to always bring those who are non-Jewish into his family. Literally, a melting pot of everyone coming together. Uh, but I'll just give you two experiences here in Hermanus this last week. And one experience is this. A young woman with a baby in a stroller and an older gentleman. They're of different races. And um, he very clearly knew what he was doing with his shopping cart. And he decided that even though he was crossing traffic, this was his lane and he was going to do it. And what did he do? He ended up hitting the stroller and waking the baby up and then yelling at the mother. Um, maybe he was having a bad day. Possible. But we're all living in the same place right now. We know why that happened. Okay. Now, this was not easy, and it was not easy for me to keep my cool, but I stopped the situation. I stepped in, and it's different because I'm a man, ladies, that might be harder in a situation for you, but I stepped in, and I tried to at least speak to the man as a father. And so I gently took him aside and asked him to apologize to the young woman. He refused to do that. That's on him. I don't know if he was a Christian. If he was a Christian, I would have said, as Paul said to Peter, you were out of step with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? That's an outsider. If we speak like that to people, we are outsiders. And do you know how much people are going to like us all the time? Not very much. Okay. There's another example that I failed in, and maybe I'll talk to you about it later, okay? Um, but here is exactly, I think, what's happening in these churches. Maybe not that exactly the shopping cart situation, okay? But you have people that are living according to God's words and his commandments for them. And their lives are being made more difficult because they're trying to be honorable and faithful and live out a life that gives glory to God. Christians, we can do that. And it will make us outsiders. And yet we are called to do that, we have been set aside to be that. 
So with that said, big idea from this week, take comfort that you were handpicked. You need that comfort because there are going to be trials. There's going to be grief. You're going to suffer. But I guarantee you that you won't suffer unless you're sent. Unless you go out and actually live a life that looks like Jesus's. Thanks for listening. And remember that you were brought into the church by the saving work and person of Jesus. Also, that you are sent out to tell everyone about him. We look forward to you joining us for the next episode of Mountain View Scattered.